The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another fabulous, riveting episode of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we are talking about what is real in real estate. We're so real, we say it twice. Real real estate today. I like that. Um, I am super easy to connect with and answer any of your questions about real estate. Go find me on Facebook. There'll be all kinds of great information posted throughout the entire show. Uh, Instagram. Find me on Instagram. I'm up to 56 followers without even begging. That's pretty awesome. How many does Taylor Swift have? I don't 15 know. billion. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't follow her. All right. Well, I have 56, so there. Lots of good puppy pictures is typically how I'm reeling the people in. Um, so you heard the voice of Karen Rastel, who is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. She shakes her head, but it's not I know. True. You keep saying that. I'm not award-winning, such as yourself. <laughs> However, one day, one day, I've been nominated for some awards. There you but go. I've never won. Karen's making fun of me because uh, a savvy associate producer named Rachel, who has the face of an angel but isn't allowed on mic because she has the voice of a mouth of a sailor, has put award winning in front of my name whenever she does promos for me. And so now it's like, hey, you're award winning. But it's the truth. I don't know about that. It is. You've won quite a few awards in the past couple of years. Okay. Well, it's not really all about me, except that it kind of is. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, And also a guest in studio. Karen, would you like to introduce our other guest in the studio today? Sure, we can. It is. It's kind of like bring your kids to work with you day or week. Except that he's not a kid. He's not a kid. My 19-year-old son, Jonathan, is home for the summer after his first year um, in college. And so I was like, come hang out with mom today and see what it's like in the uh, lending world. And he's a little appalled. You can tell by the expression <laughs> on his face. He's like, yeah. I didn't know that you did these things, Mom. I know. I think he's kind of excited. Mom, do you have a podcast? Seeing what we do. No, no. Day. It's a radio show. It's not a podcast. Well, should we talk about some real estate? I or we so. could just sit here and chat for most of the afternoon. I'm kind of in that mood, too. It's been rainy for like, I don't know, it's six like weeks? Seattle. It's ridiculous. Yes. And we've had some really, I've had some really good HGTV drama going on in my real estate life because of the rain. I've got some poor clients who are living in a hotel room with their cats. I don't know what hotel accepts cats, but apparently there is one. I'd like to know which one it is so that I don't stay there. Um, But they are waiting for a septic system to be installed. And we need four clear days in a row for the septic people to install the septic system. Doesn't look like that's happening anytime in the near future. Four consecutive days? Four consecutive, because <laughs> we need a day for the soil to get kind of dry, and then three days for the work to be done. Hmm. Yeah, insanity. So um, Maybe next week. 
We're praying. We're hoping and we're praying and we're asking the weather gods. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, come on, HGTV. That's some real real estate drama there. How long will they stay in the hotel? Will their marriage survive it? Will the cats survive? Absolutely. There's a storyline there. What did you watch on HGTV last night, Karen? Oh, my gosh. Last night, I caught an episode. My husband was watching Tiny, what was it called? Tiny Houses, Big Living or something like that. Where I thought it was like the Tiny House Hunters, which I've seen that show. But no, these people, they get the shell of the tiny house built by, you know, a professional. But then they go and they complete the inside. I was dying. The people complete the inside. Yes. The unskilled people complete the inside. Yes. So I watched. And the sense behind that is the storyline? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But the the second one I watched, they did it for under five. Well, they came in. Their budget was 5000 and they finished it at 5500 I don't get it. I saw a house like that once. It wasn't a tiny house, but you could tell the walls were done. The pictures made the walls look really cool, like it was painted really cool or something. You couldn't tell from the pictures. We got in. Swear to you, Bible, there was wrapping paper on the walls. Nuh-uh. Unfinished drywall and wrapping paper on the walls. <laughs> was the it, house is still on the market. I can show you. Was it festive wrapping the- paper? It was pretty. It was like the sort of French kind of theme, you know, with the fleur-de-lis or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. It looked really cool. Like if it said Merry Christmas or something. No, no, no. Weird. It wasn't like, yeah, okay. it wasn't Santa Claus with a red nose. No, it was like cool and classy. But then you got up close and you're like, that's wrapping paper. So... Anyways, all right. So uh, that was our HGTV update. I don't have any good HGTV uh, gossip as far as I know. I did Google it. Nobody got arrested last week. No HGTV host or anything like that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about um, last week's show. I just wanted to brush up on it because, you know, every week I say, okay, this week we're going to talk 10 things about. That's sort of my theme. 10 things about something. And I usually get through about four out of the 10, I think, um, which is I mean, I think you can understand that from how I've started the show today. I just sort of talk. Um, But I wanted to go over the 10 things because last week we were talking about 10 ways to avoid real estate road rage. I certainly had some last week. There was uh, lots of tears. Uh, Realtors crying. That's never good. Um, Was not me. But there were realtors crying and lots of anger and threats of lawsuits and all kinds of good stuff. So um, I wanted to run down uh, the 10 ways to avoid real estate road rage. I'm going to try and put together a little white paper or something that we can put out there for people because I do think this is really, really important. So I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Hang in there. Listen, take notes. Just kidding. Um, So number one way to avoid real estate road rage, keep your contracts clear. Don't muddy them up. Number two, fully understand your contractual obligations. Demand to understand. Take the time to understand that contract. Demand to understand it. Don't just settle for it. We got those t-shirts coming, Rachel. Demand to understand. They're on the, the t-shirts are on the truck. Uh, plan for the worst, but expect the best. I'm not sure if that's how that saying goes, but that's what we're going to say. Don't surprise if, don't be surprised if things don't go according to plan. They probably aren't going to go according to plan. Uh, number four, keep perspective. It's not going to kill you. Uh, I, I haven't lost anyone yet in a real estate transaction. Not entirely true. I have lost two people during real estate. I'll have to tell those stories someday. We'll do a Halloween episode and we can tell my sad, depressing stories. Um, number five, have a plan B and probably a plan C as well. Number six, give everyone plenty of time throughout the process. Rushing things is only going to create stress. Number seven, understand and respect the other side. They have goals too. They're people too. Um, my theme this week has been to pointedly tell clients of mine, I've said this to several clients already, thank you for being sane and reasonable. 
<laughs> I just feel like I want to call them out on it and say, I appreciate the fact that you are taking a deep breath and keeping perspective and being sane. Um, number, I don't know what number one now. Know the market, what the market norms are. If you stray way outside those norms or if you color outside the lines, if you will, then you increase the chances of a mess. Uh, number eight, don't procrastinate. Move with a sense of urgency. Karen, that's probably one of your favorite ones. We don't, don't procrastinate. procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Borrowers getting you stuff. Oh, that, yeah. Move with a sense of urgency. Yeah. yeah. I think we may have talked about that in one of the very first shows that uh, <sighs> you need to want this house more than I want to help you do the financing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, number nine, have an emergency fund. Don't skimp on inspections because you don't have the funds. Don't let $500 keep you from buying your dream home. Uh, stuff is going to come up. Have some money set aside. And uh, number 10, ways to real, uh, number 10, way to avoid real estate road rage. Trust the people that you choose to help you. Your lender, your realtor, your inspector, trust them. If you don't trust them, don't use them. Find someone else. This isn't blind trust. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But trust that they have your best interests in mind. Most most realtors do. Um, most realtors are, are good people and they, they do have your best interests in mind. That being said, um, did you, Karen, did you watch, do you watch Modern Family? I don't. I feel like I should though. I know. I don't either, right? Um, I've seen a few episodes like on rerun, but I don't, if it doesn't take place in Alaska, we don't tend to watch it in our house. Right. I don't know why, but that's the way it is, which is fine. Well, last week, Modern Family, I don't some maybe Thursday nights it's on? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. My phone started blowing up. People are like, are you watching this? Are you watching this? Are you watching this? And I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about? Why do I need to watch it? And they said, you just really need to watch it. Well, the next morning, I found a clip of uh, this clip from the Modern Family episode that was last week. And, um, and I wanted to play it because it does play into a lot of the things that we have been talking about. Uh, so there's, there was this older lady who stole some sauce recipe from what I gather. I don't know what the sauce recipe is, some hot sauce or something. Gloria's sauce recipe. And they went to confront her about this, wanted her to... Uh, as they say, pull the sauce, Big Al. The lady's name was Alice. So they're the f- Phil, who is Gloria's brother, no, son-in-law? Step-son-in-law? I don't, I don't watch the show. It's a modern family. I'm not sure how that works. But anyways, they went to confront her. And he says, pull the sauce, Big Al. And Phil is a realtor. So a lot of realtors, I think, follow him. And we like to do memes with him and that sort of thing. So I want you to listen to this clip and, and wait for the very end. It's funny throughout, but wait for the very end. And we'll talk about uh, how that relates. I am so sorry, Phil, that I wasted your whole day, but I am more sorry of what I'm going to do to your car! Gloria, we're above that, but not everyone would be. You should uh, put that beauty in your garage. I don't have one. Oh, really? Just out of curiosity, do you not have a garage because you converted it into the guest house where your grandson's currently showering? What's your game, mister? I just find it interesting that you have a fully plumbed standalone dwelling on your property. That's none of your business. Even more peculiar, your grandson appears to live here, but judging by his t-shirt, he goes to Eden Mills High, an elite public school 12 miles outside of your district. Oh, maybe with the money you saved on private schools, you paid for the new two-sided brick fireplace I saw, which hasn't been legal since 1988. Go, Phil, go! Pull the sauce, Big Al. Or Monday morning, the city's here with a bulldozer and your grandson goes to a school with a metal detector. How do you know all this? What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyways, I was trying to do my best Gloria impression. We were trying to figure out if we could get this clip on air. And I said, oh, I'll just act it out. It'll be fine. Oh, he's a realtor. <laughs> I can't do it at all, can I? There yeah. is a difference somehow. So that was big topic of conversation. It must have been Wednesday night because I went to a uh, Board of Realtors luncheon on Thursday. And we were talking about this clip. And people hadn't seen it, but I was acting it out for them. You know, doing a great job. Yeah, excellent. And uh, it got great guffaws from around the table. But then there was also much discussion that it was probably product placement by the National Association of Realtors, um, (laughs) understanding that difference between being a real estate agent and being a realtor. Right. Um, So thank you, Modern Family, for that. We are going to go to break and be back and actually uh, get back on topic. Not that we were ever on it to begin with. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back. So, you know, I always talk about Chuck and Joanna on that Flipper Fixer Upper show. Fixer Upper, and there was a marathon on Mother's Day. Did you not watch it? No. I was glued. Okay. Well, you know how much I want to get them on the show, but now I'm thinking that I may have to change gears and get Gloria from Modern Family to do a promo for this show. Would that not be amazing? I think she would do it. She says, she is a realtor. There is a difference somehow. (laughs) Something like that. All right, I'm going to have to work on that. I'm not good with the accents at all. So, hey, let's talk about something uh, real estate related that's actually useful for people out there. What do you think? I think that that's a good topic to talk about. Okay. So tomorrow, Karen and I have an appearance at a senior expo. It's going to be a rocking good time. Uh, 50 plus active seniors here in Bloomington at the Twin Lakes Rec Center that's put on by the city. If you're in town, come by and see us. We'll have keychains. And what else will we have? We have uh, recyclable bags. We've got notepa- magnetic notepads. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be like Christmas morning. Yes. Come by and see us. But anyways, I was thinking a lot of people in that age range kind of hit a point where they want to downsize from their home. Um, and a lot of them consider going into condos. Um, and so I know um, I hit that age at 33. Uh, it's true. I did. I owned a house and then I sold it. I was about 33 and I bought a condo. So I'm going to speak a little bit from experience. It was the best year of my life. 
And then I met a boy. He lived down here, and I had to move. Have you ever lived in a condo, Karen? I've not lived in a condo, but okay. I've lived in a pud. Okay. Well, then what the heck is the difference? So today we're going to talk about 10 questions that you should ask. We'll get through four of them, uh, <laughs> and then we'll put the rest online. Uh, 10 questions you should ask when buying a condo. So question number one, am I looking at a condo, or am I looking at a PUD? And by PUD, it's an abbreviation P-U-D. So I know we sound real like Indiana hick when we say PUD. Is it a PUD? I hate that word. Planned unit development. Um, So am I looking at a condo or am I looking at a PUD? And why do I care? That's the big question. Why do I care? Do you have any thoughts on that, Karen? I have some financing thoughts. You have some financing thoughts. All right. Well, let's talk about what the difference is between a condo and a PUD, and then we can get into the financing aspect of it. Um, And basically, yeah, there's no real difference. Um, There's, you know, different communities call things differently. There are some communities that talk about townhomes, and there are some communities that talk about villas. Um, And so you have to kind of understand what it is. This is a good question to ask your realtor. What's the difference? Typically with a condo, you own the inside of the unit. They say kind of from the paint in. Um, and if there's an, an issue with the plumbing or the electrical or something like that, and it impacts only the inside of your unit, then normally it's your responsibility to fix and maintain it. However, there's a homeowner association that owns and maintains the exterior of the building and the common grounds. So for example, if there's a roof leak, then the association takes care of it. In some cases, however, with a PUD, a planned unit development, you own both the interior and the exterior of the units and are responsible for maintaining both. Although, I don't know that that's always the case. Um, There are associations in my market that are planned unit developments that are homes. Uh, There are planned unit developments that are townhomes. There are planned unit developments that are, you know, condo. We think of as condos. Um, They're attached versus detached. Right. And there are some where you are responsible for maintaining the roof and there's some where you aren't. Confusing? A little bit. Absolutely. So I don't think there's any hard and fast rules about what makes something a condo versus a planned unit development other than how it's zoned and registered and how the developer kind of set it up. Um, There are lots of neighborhoods, right? Karen, you probably know this a little bit better than I do. There's lots of neighborhoods with freestanding homes where you mow your own lawn, take care of your own house. I live in one of those, and we have over a 1,000 houses in our neighborhood, and all of our our single-family homes are PUDs. And so why do, do you know why the developer, why it became a PUD? I have no idea. I think my understanding is is that it's sort of a zoning thing that is created to get I read Wikipedia. There's a link on Wikipedia. We'll have Rachel put that up. I, I meant to print that out today. Uh, the definition of planned unit development. It goes back to British something or other in the 1950s. That's what I remember from reading it. Um, but it talks about trying to find a good balance between industrial, commercial, and residential. Um, and avoid having like a residential area where they can't get to, you know, any commercial buildings. That's kind of where it came from. I'm not saying that's how it is now. But it's kind of designed as a planned development that has a mix of uses, if that makes sense. So it's planned. That's funny because they just built like an assisted living facility. Right, in the front of your neighborhood. Of our neighborhood. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that was the original plan. I think when the developers went in, they sort of specified certain amounts of area for commercial or green space or kind of this whole mix. So it's a mixed use kind of thing. Anyways, that's kind of what it is around here. Um, 
I don't think that in terms of your day-to-day living, that you should worry too much about picking a condo over a PUD, a plan of development, in terms of your quality of life. Um, it, and we're talking strictly like attached homes where um, you're not mowing the grass. That's what I'm really talking about today. I'm not talking about the planned developments like your neighborhood is, Karen, where um, you actually have standalone homes. Um, but townhomes and that kind of thing. Um, you know, day to day, I don't think there's much of a difference. But where there is different is in financing. Uh, so this is where I was going to kind of turn it over to Karen if you had some things you wanted to share. Yeah. So sometimes, and I think you're going to touch base on that on this. If someone needs financing for a true condominium, um, the investors that purchase these loans do require most times a condo questionnaire to be completed. So um, we can talk about that in a little bit. However, um, with with a true condominium, you tend to see slightly higher interest rates as well as the amount of down payment um, is going to be a lot more than if it was a a plan unit development. Um, And some loan programs won't lend on a true condominium. So it really depends on what a buyer's financing needs are. So... um I've got some information here that uh, we're going to link, send a link up to because I think it was a pretty good article. Um, I sent it to Karen and was like, hey, is this stuff still accurate? And she said it pretty much was. Um, but this is stating that um, condo loans, uh, well, Fannie Mae is, let's see, how do we even explain this? Because it's gotten ridiculously complicated. But there's a government government entities or government-backed entities, right? Yeah, I mean, the way I always say it is that the mortgage industry guidelines are pretty much set out by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and whatever they are adhering to as guidelines, that's what most lenders, mortgage bankers, banks, everybody is following what what these bigger entities are doing. Because eventually loans get sold to, to them. them. and yeah. yeah. So this Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac has a list of approved condos, and uh, if you don't meet that approval, then what I've had a lot of times is my clients end up having to do commercial loans. I've had that several times. Um, We have a a large resort complex down here and some of those have to go commercial. You can't just do a regular loan on it. We'll talk about some of the reasons why. Um, But, you know, if you have to do a commercial loan, you know, 20% down for sure, but you're going to have higher interest rates and you may have to amortize it over 20 years instead of 30 years, which means it's a higher payment. Um, There's a lot of little tricks with it. Um, But some of the things that they're looking at from what I understand is that they want commercial space to take up no more than 25% of the total square footage. They want it to be housing uh, mostly that um, at least 10% of the homeowner association dues are deposited into reserve accounts. Uh, We're going to talk about why that's important. Um, That less than 15% of the dues are, are uh, more than 60 days late. So they want people paying current. Um, they just really concerned about the financial strength of the homeowner association. At least 51% of the units would be owner occupied. Um, and then the building's properly insured. There's no current litigation and no entity owns more than 10% of the units, um, which is something we've run into here in a college town that there are some buildings that are technically uh, condos, um, but there's one person who owns a big chunk of them and then that makes financing really difficult. So those are some of the things and then Karen had mentioned too that the, the what happens is if you're interested in buying a condo, a true condo, then your lender's gonna send a questionnaire to 
the HOA representative. The homeowner association representative. Uh, and they're going to ask all kinds of questions. Here's some of the questions. Do all the units contain full-size kitchen appliances? Who'd have thought, right? Who would have thought? Because they don't want to finance a hotel. They don't want to give a mortgage on a hotel room. I get that. Um, does the project consist of any units less than 400 square feet? An interesting question. This is five pages for the long version. There's a short version too, but... Um, and then they want a breakdown of how many of the owners uh, have units in there that are their primary residence, their secondary home, an investment property, or something that's still retained by the developer. Uh, developer, How many of the units um, are delinquent? What's the dollar amount that's outstanding? Uh, who's the property manager? What's the length of their contract? So they're asking a lot of questions like that. Uh, can you speak to why they ask all those questions? I can say what some investors, some, some key things investors are going to look for is who is responsible if the current homeowner is delinquent on those HOA dues. A lot of times if it's not set up in the bylaws um, or the covenants and restrictions, um, it may fall back to the lender. So most lenders are going to say, we don't want that. So you need to be enforcing those through, your, through the association. Um, also, they want to know, like you said earlier, how many of those uh, units are owner-occupied versus non-owner-occupied. If it's a lot of weekend rentals going on and things like that, in the event of a foreclosure where the lender has to come in and then remarket that to sell it to the next buyer, that may not be an attractive selling point knowing that your neighbors aren't stationary, like mm -hmm. they have renters coming in and out. So, um, One of the yeah. big ones that I honestly have to be completely honest, I don't quite understand like the specifics, but I understand that we run into a lot of issues with insurance and the homeowner association not carrying adequate insurance and that I think there's a couple of complexes around here that they run into that issue as well. And that's insurance on the buildings, but it also can be insurance like uh, liability insurance for board members, not embezzling money or, you know, whatever. Yes. I mean, there can be things like that. And, uh, and so you won't be able to get a regular mortgage on that. So if you have uh, a condo or a, a, a PUD, try and understand which one you have, and then uh, talk with your lender about um, which one it is and what they can finance and what your options are before you get too far down the road because you'd hate to run into a stumbling block. So number two question to ask when you're considering a condo is just to simply ask if a condo is a good fit for you. Um, we run into this a lot. Um, we have a, a, well, my, I don't know what you call them, significant other Yes. Okay, we'll call him that. His name is Yuris. Hi, Yuris. I'm sure he's not listening um, because he has a landscape business. He's very, very busy this time of year. Whenever it stops raining, they go out and they mow and they pull down mulch and things like that really quickly. Um, but he maintains a lot of the homeowner associations, the condos here in town. And I know one time he had this lady, this was years ago, plant this teeny tiny blueberry bush in the middle of the grass because she knows she wanted a garden. But she's in a townhouse. This is... Oakland next door here and uh, of course it got run over by the mowers because it was teeny tiny and then she cried because oh, no. it was like you know devastating to her or whatever but you know associations can't afford individual gardeners for each unit you know they can't you can't have different you have 150 units in a complex you can't have a different rule you, you know okay in this unit you have to watch out for this blueberry bush and in that <laughs> unit you have to watch out for that road whatever um so my point is, as I'm getting off tangent here, um, do you like gardening? Because a condo 
may not be a good place for you. One of the reasons I went to a condo from the house was that I'm not a fan of mowing the lawn, which is why I'm with a guy who has a lawn mowing crew. (laughs) Don't have to do it. Um, Do you like loud music? Again, might not be a great option for you. Um, Do you like talking to your neighbors? I had the best neighbor in my condo. Her name was Mrs. Chipper. Oh, she was awesome. And her was husband. She Chipper? She was. And then her husband, Mr. I called him Mr. Chipper, but turns out I found out when he passed away that he was a doctor. He was 95 years old. So he'd always say, I'm 95 years old. <laughs> That's what he'd always say. Um, anyways, I loved him. He was a great guy. I went to his funeral. He had an amazing life. Um, so, you know, those are things that you want to really seriously think about. I just had some clients who bought a townhome, PUD, condo, attached walls, whatever you want to call it, last year. And literally within a year, they were like, our neighbor plays really loud music. We're getting ready to have a baby. We can't do this. And we had to turn around and sell it. So those are some things that you want to think about and asking if a condo is a good fit for you. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about homeowner associations, dues, rules, regulations, all that good stuff. Stick with us. We will be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back talking about condos and PUDs and townhomes and attached homes, and I don't even know what to call them because every community sort of calls them something different. So around here, we typically just refer to it as a condo, no matter what it is, if it's managed by a homeowner association and you basically don't mow the lawn. That's how I define it. I know that's really simplistic, but I'm a simple girl. So number three question that you should ask if you're considering a condo is who manages the homeowner association? Is it professionally managed by a company with a good reputation? which is a good question maybe for your realtor um, or perhaps for Yelp. <laughs> you can find a lot of reviews of things. Of course, they're usually Yelp reviews are usually from people who are pretty pissed off about something, so you have to kind of take them all with a grain of salt. But um, there are some homeowner associations out there that are self-managed. Um, that scares me a little bit. Ours is self-managed. Is it? Yeah, so there's homeowners that serve as president, vice secretary, all that. 
But who oversees them? There's no, like, in all homeowner associations, there's usually a board. And those are owners with a president and a vice president and a secretary and a treasurer, board members. And they sort of make the general guiding decisions with input from their constituents. It's like Congress, I should whatever. find out. I've been there for 11 years. But typically, there's someone over that who collects the dues, manages the money, makes sure that everything is sort of the rules are being followed, manages it because it's a pretty thankless job. So most homeowners don't want to do it. And I think for the strength of a homeowner association, having consistency in management is huge. Um, But I have seen some uh, self-manage. And I've seen some of them work. And I've seen a few of them self-destruct. Uh, so it's something to consider and to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit more about what you should look into as you're sort of doing your investigation. But think about this, and I may say this a couple of times, but buying a condo is like entering into a business relationship with all the other owners, which is kind of a scary thing. You know, you ever listen to Dave Ramsey? He's like, don't ever enter into a partnership ever <laughs> for anything. Um, buying a condo is like entering into a business relationship with all other owners. So the question is, who do you want to be that operations manager of that business? Uh, you know, I don't know. In my, my opinion, I think a professional management company who's got some track record and some experience might be a better solution than someone who maybe just got laid off from their job and is just looking for something to do to stay busy. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I need to look into mine now. Yeah. Let me make it. Like I said, I've seen that. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's not that hard. I just have to collect money. And, you know, there's a little bit more to it, and there's understanding a lot of legalities um, about, uh, you know, all the different aspects of a homeowner association as well. A homeowner association is a registered business. You know, in the state of Indiana, we register that with Secretary of State, just like any other nonprofit business. So who do you want running that business? Number four question that you should ask. Look, we're already up to number four. Rocking and rolling, man. Uh, What is the monthly fee, and what does it include? So what do you, what's your monthly fee? You have an annual um, fee, I have an right? annual fee, but um, it's like $120 annual fee. A year. Uh, a year, yes. One time, one, one payment. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. <laughs> Just one time every 12 months. Yep. Um, it has never gone up, but it, it does take care of a lot of the green space mm-hmm. and some of the common areas that they do hire in landscaping yep. places to mow. Um, but that's... I think that's really it. And it's so varied. You know, I know around here, people on probably the East Coast or the West Coast will have a heart attack or Chicago will have a heart attack. um, Because I always do when I watch HGTV and they say the monthly condo fee is $800. You're like, what? I just saw one the other day. It was $1,286 a month. I want someone to do my grocery shopping for that. I don't know what, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Typically around here, it's somewhere between, I mean, I've seen $55 a month and that can get you lawn mowing and that sort of thing um, up to a few hundred, $300 a month or so. Um, But you want to understand what that fee is. A lot of people mistakenly go think, oh, well, I can buy this condo for $100,000. That's a great deal. Well, but then you forget you got to add like 300 bucks a month on top of that monthly payment to your budget. There was a client I just had last week, and she's interested in a very popular neighborhood on the south side of town. They are attached PUDs. Mm-hmm. We called it a condo just to make it easier in the conversation. When I looked up just one of them, the total monthly for that neighborhood was $172 a month, which I don't know if she even considered in the big picture of everything. And that does count 
as, uh, for a lender, that sort of counts in your debt-to-income ratio. I mean, Correct. that does count as part of your payment, even though it's paid differently, typically. Um, so that's something to consider and make sure you understand. Um, also, make sure you understand if there are other fees, because sometimes, a lot of times, there's an annual insurance bill that's paid for building insurance, and that can be a separate fee that's paid outside of that monthly due. So those are things that you want to make sure that you truly understand. I know when I bought my condo, I can remember distinctly, gosh, it's been... 12, 13 years probably, but I remember doing the math because I thought the HOA fee was pretty, ha- I mean, it was 215 maybe, something like that, which oh back in the day, I mean, that was, you know, that, that was a fair amount of money because I think I paid, you know, 80 grand for the condo or something. It was like almost as much as my payment, um, but it included my water bill. It included, you know, and then I was like, okay, so I've been paying a guy to mow my lawn at my house that I'm selling. So I'm saving on that money. I'm saving on my insurance bill. So really it kind of all became a wash, but the way that my budget worked out, stuff, different columns moved around. Yeah. So if Karen's husband was doing my budget on his spreadsheets. Yes. Yes. He would have to move things around in columns because (laughs) things become different. All right. Number five question you need to ask uh, if you are considering buying a condo. Uh, what is an assessment? What is the likelihood of an assessment? Have there been past assessments? So what I run into a lot is that people buy condos because they think they're home free in the exterior maintenance department. I'll never have to worry about replacing a roof, which is kind of true. You probably don't have to worry about actually calling the roofer. Um, but people think it will be a better deal because I'm not going to incur those extra expenses. And unfortunately, I'm here to burst that bubble and say that's false reasoning, false thinking. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I lived in my condo, and I wasn't there that long, and I got a letter one day, and, and of course I wasn't involved in the I was 33. I lived 10 minutes downtown, did you know, martinis at the cigar bar. So <laughs> there was my priorities. Um, but anyways, uh, so I didn't go to any of the homeowner association meetings, but we got a letter in the mail and they were all excited because we just had a hailstorm. Can you tell me why we were excited? Because an insurance claim? Because we are going to get new roofs and not have to do an assessment <laughs> for it. It's pretty awesome. So uh, if a major repair is needed, it is highly possible that a homeowner association can implement assessments to cover that if they don't have enough money set aside in reserves. Um, and so what an assessment is, a certain amount of extra money on top of your monthly payment is collected. I've seen some assessments here in Bloomington that can rate, be $3,000 a year and be done, wow. you know, every year for a certain number of years because they want to recite all the buildings, re-roof all the buildings. Um, you know, there can be maintenance issues. And if they don't have enough money set aside or it's just something big that they don't want to deplete their reserves, then they decide to do an assessment. That can, I mean, hit a person. $3,000 a year, that can change your budget for sure. So um, if just be extra aware if a homeowner association has really low monthly dues, because on paper it sounds great. Oh, it's $55 a month. Uh, and a lot of these newer associations sort of do have the low dues um, because they're like, eh, you know, we have 20 years before we have to replace roofs. But what happens in 20 years? Do they have the reserve set aside to do that um, is the big question. So be aware that there is that possibility. Find out if they've done past assessments. The one 
um, place I'm talking about that's had the $3,000 assessments, I think that they do assessments fairly regularly. Like, I think that's just sort of their business model and how they have things set up. Um, I'm not aware of a lot of other assessments in other areas. There is another one in here that runs into some issues with their water bills and does assessments for them. They're small, but it's not always what it looks like on paper. So that's something to consider for sure as well. So speaking of which, um, what number, uh, I'm going to change the order here. Number six, um, question to ask if you're considering a condo is what are the association's finances? Uh, You have a right to review those prior to closing. I don't think people ever do, rarely do. I've had one or two instances where the listing agent will send them over. Here's the budget. Here's the last, you know, profit and loss statement. That's awesome. Um, But a lot of people don't know that they have the right to review those. Um, They can, you know, write that into their offer. And a lot of it, too, is is online. So the HOA may have a website because they know a lot of lenders are going to ask for it. So sometimes we can go there and get it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes certain HOAs will charge to complete the questionnaire or to release that information. Yeah, It's a charge that gets passed to the buyer, but... Yeah. So if you're looking at the association's financial documents, what are the things that you're looking for? Not just looking at a page full of numbers and don't know what they mean, but you're looking at what reserves do they have. Sometimes they've got um, those invested in money market accounts or certificates of deposit. But, you know, do they have a significant chunk of money set aside so that if something does happen that um, they've got the money to pay for them or does it look like, you know, well, they have $10,000 set aside, which certainly isn't going to be enough for a new roof. So we're probably going to have to do an assessment at some point. Um, The other thing you want to look at is delinquencies. So how many people are late on those homeowner association dues? Um, What does that situation look like? If you're in an HOA that's full of people who aren't paying, that certainly can, I know your lender cares about that, but you should care about that as well. Um, so we're going to go to our last break and, uh, and then wrap it up real, huh? I've gotten through six. Can I do it? Can you I can. make it? You can do it. I can do it. Okay. Let's go to break and then come <laughs> back and finish up with the 10 things you need to know, uh, questions you need to ask when you're buying a condo. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You 
are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we are back in a full studio. I have four people, including myself, with the regulars, Karen and Rachel, and then Karen and Jonathan, and we're all burning up. We need a fan in here. There's too many we people do. in this tiny room. So it could be the liquor bottles that we've been hitting, too. I'm She's kidding, kidding, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are way enter- too entertaining for ourselves. Okay. We are talking today about... Um, questions to ask if you're considering buying a condo. So we are on number seven, which is what are the association's rules? Uh, take a look at those homeowner association documents. You have a right to review those. They are exciting as I'll get out, probably better than war and peace, but um, you do need to, to read those. So there's two documents probably that you're going to receive. One is the covenants and restrictions, which covers what you can and can't do to the unit and how the association is going to be managed and run. It's got all kinds of really exciting things about how many people have to be present to vote and and quorums and um, and that sort of thing. The one that you really want to find interest in is the rules and regulations, which covers the rules of living there. Do you have rules and regulations for your association? Yes, we do. How many cars a home has, where they can be parked. Trampoline. No trampolines. No trampolines. Unless you have a fenced-in area, but no wire fences, which... Oh, really? Yes. No chain link. No chain link fences, Mm. but I have seen some... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, people yeah. violate that sometimes. Um, you know, in terms of condos, because again, Karen lives in a, a home, a house home. Um, but in terms of condos, I there I know of one condo association here in town that doesn't allow pets. Really? Really. I had a client asking me about that. And she said, well, that's really a good thing. And then I was like, I'm not so sure she's the right client for me. <laughs> she wants to live in a place. That was my first thought. I'm like, why do you want to live in a place that doesn't have pets? Um, and it's interesting because it, I, I think it definitely makes those units a lot harder to sell because everyone around here tends to be pet lovers. Um, but gosh, you would certainly hate to get to the night before closing or the day after closing, even worse, and get ready to move in and then find out that you can't have Fluffy with you. Um so make sure that you're, you know, looking at all of that information uh, before. Something else to consider is are rentals allowed? That's usually covered sometimes in the covenants and restrictions, sometimes in the rules and regulations. And we do have several um, uh, uh, condo places around here that don't allow rentals. Um, not to say that you may not have ever have any intention of renting your home, moving out and renting it. You might like to keep it as an option. But it also sets the tone if it does allow rentals that it could set the tone for the kind of neighborhood you're living in. Like you said, Karen, it's a lot more transient. Mm -hmm. So those are things that you want to review at the association rules. Um, I know in our contracts, I usually write in that the, if I have a client buying a condo that they, the seller has three days to get them all the condo association documents. I'm glad that you put those in. I was thinking of one where the buyer, the seller didn't have them and then when we track down the HOA person, which is a volunteer homeowner who has a regular nine to five job, they were charging fifty dollars <gasps> to get a copy of it. Fifty dollars? Correct. Oh, to they the, need to buy to a the scanner, man. Buyer. So what we did was we asked our wonderful local title company, who most of them have all of those, and they gave a free copy to the buyers. That's crazy. And I said, bucks. hang on to that. Exactly. That's crazy in today's day and age. Um, 
Yeah. Wow, that's insane. All right. Number eight question to ask if you're considering buying a condo. We talked about this ever so briefly before, but what insurance does your homeowner association carry on the unit? You have the right to review your homeowner insurance policy, and I recommend having a copy of that policy and having your personal insurance agent review it and help you determine what you need to supplement it with. So usually we just sort of say something big like, well, you'll probably want to get contents insurance. But does your lender have requirements if you have a loan on the condo on what things need to be covered on the insurance? Um, not so much what needs to be, co- obviously walls in yeah. on the condo. So an HO6 policy, I think is what that is. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I think it's HO6. Uh, Donna Nice, if you're listening, yeah. State Farm, please let go. me know. I think it's HO6. <laughs> but um, the... The amount of coverage, the dollar amount has to be um, at least 20% of the loan amount. So at a minimum. So if you have a loan for mm-hmm. $100,000, mm-hmm. your contents or your walls-in policy mm-hmm. at a minimum has to be $20,000 or more. Interesting. And that's a policy that would probably be separate from the homeowner association policy. Correct. So it's not probably fair to think that you're not going to have another insurance policy. And with a condo, you're probably going to have two insurance policies, one with all the other owners. Right. And then one individual. Because if you think about if if something happens to the inside of that unit, the flooring, the fixtures, countertops. Stove catches on fire. Those type of things, the inside is the Owner's responsibility. Okay. So it's sort of a step up from what we might say renter's insurance, where it's just your content. So yes. it's a little bit higher. Yes. I know I have clients all the time. They say, What do I need to get? And I said, Just go to your insurance agent. They'll, 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 they know, right? They know right. what they you know. need. Uh, and they work with your lender to make sure that you've got that. But make sure you understand what that insurance is and what it covers. Um, all right. Number nine question to ask if you're considering buying a condo. This is my favorite one. What are the common gripes in the homeowner association? This is going to take some detective work, but I swear this is like my most favorite thing to do when I have clients buying or selling. I'm like all over social media trying to scope out the other side. Hey, why are they selling their property? I had one a couple years ago that they had built this new home, but then they were selling like 11 months later. And I asked the agent, because it's fair, I can ask any question I want. It's up to them whether they answer or not. I said, why are they selling? She never answered. And I went on Facebook. Oh, it was very clear on Facebook why they were selling. <laughs> there was a lot of name calling going on, a lot of, yeah, it was not a pretty relationship on Facebook. So you could tell that they were no longer a couple. Um, so I had to email the, client, the listing agent back and say, oh, no worries. I figured it out. Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> um, but very similar thing here with the homeowner association. Um, I, you know, I have some clients that are, are buying a condo right now. And the association has a pretty nice website. Um, so I definitely encourage them to go to that website. I go to the website. Um, you can find past newsletters. You can find meeting minutes. Um, so you can kind of figure out what the uh, general gripes are. Um, and my rule of thumb is that... <laughs> I just read ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. If people are complaining about dog poop, that's yeah, probably all right. That's about right. That's what you should expect. People in condos complain about dog poop every time, all the time. Uh, But that's typical. Um, However, there was one I was looking this morning kind of for some examples. And uh, I went to one homeowner association website and I was just looking through recent meeting minutes. And here's, I'm going to read you. I'm going to change the names to protect the innocent, but I will read you what was written. This is a public website for anybody to read, not password protected, not just for the owners, but for anybody. It says, uh, so-and-so, this is the uh, financial manager. The financial manager provided the auditor 
with all the invoices and check stubs from 2011 to 2014. And then in parentheses, it says, that was the period of embezzlement by the previous financial manager. It says that out on the interwebs for anybody to see. (laughs) Okay. So certainly I would think that that's a red flag that's not just raised, but handed directly to you. For you to do a little bit more digging. Yes. Now I ask for the budget and see what the yes. current financial statement is. Yes, what the reserves are. Well, if you read the previous month, you because then I was like, well, what else does it say? So I went to the previous month's meeting minutes, and it was very clear that they had been paid, they had gotten a payout from their insurance company for $50,000 to cover embezzlement losses. Okay. Um, now, I will say... I know a lot about this homeowner association, actually, um, and I know that they have put in policies. They've changed. They have a professional property manager in place. So it's not an association that I would be afraid to have clients buy a property in. I would sleep well at night if they lived in there now. Um, But I think that if you saw something like that, you certainly need to ask some questions. You'll be surprised. Um, I don't know. Does your neighborhood, your neighborhood has a Facebook page? It does. I just found it like yeah. while, we, while we've been on the air. They probably talk about dog poop on it would be my guess. Um, but, you know, look up social media. There's a new um, uh, thing, a social media out there called Nextdoor. I think yeah. you have to live in the neighborhood. But if you know someone who lives in the neighborhood. You know, it's funny because there's people that join. I'm on Nextdoor. Okay. And there's people that join that are from like four miles down the street. Oh, so that, they kind of say this is. I don't know how that works. Well. Look at social media. Are people complaining? What are they complaining about? Um, Look up the property manager. See what kind of feedback there is about them online. Um, You know, just do some snooping. Do some detective work. I think it it benefits you to to be fully informed. Because, again, you would do the same thing if you were entering into a business relationship with somebody else. Number 10. Oh, my gosh. Did we make it? We did. Yes, we're going to make it. it. Yay. Number 10, questions you need to ask if you're considering buying a condo. What is the atmosphere like? So, again, I get back to the story of my couple who bought a condo last year and then kind of realized that it wasn't a good fit for them in general. And now they're actually buying a house. They they really needed uh, more of that house environment. Since you're living in close proximity with your neighbors, it's even more important in terms of the atmosphere and the environment in the neighborhood. And if you can, I highly recommend that you visit the property several different times of day. You know, if you go during the day, it might not tell you, you know, and I'm this is not saying anything negative about kids, but like, you know, if you go during the day, like during a school day, you might not get the vibe of how many kids are out there in the neighborhood. Uh, one article I was reading as I was doing some research said, uh, if you're buying it because it's a resort and there's a pool, ask if you can hang out at the pool for the day and just kind of see, is it a bunch of people, you know? Oh, Chugging beer idea. and kind of, you know, Karen's there, uh, woohoo, partying <laughs> up. Or is it, uh, you know, a lot more mellow? Is it, what, what's the kind of vibe and is it matching the vibe that you're looking for? So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, in a market like ours where units are moving really, really fast, um, definitely know what neighborhoods you're interested in and start to do that research so that if something comes on the market, you know, you feel really good about that decision. Um, condo living can definitely be the right choice for a lot of people. But as I've said five million times in today's show, it's like going into business with all the other homeowners. So do your due diligence. Make sure your purchase agreement as you're working with your realtor and you're writing an offer on the house. Make sure that uh, allows you time to do your due diligence to minimize your risk and surprises. That is about all the time we have for today. Reminder, if you're in Bloomington, to come uh, say hi to Karen and I tomorrow between 3 and 7 at Twin Lakes. Um, We are, I think we're out of here. 
out of time. Look for me on Instagram. We're going to get up to 60 next week. You can do it. Coming after you, Taylor Swift. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. Have a great one. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.